0: The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.
1: Doctor Marvin Washington, professor in the School of Business at the University of Alberta. There's a great deal of research on why entrepreneurial ventures succeed, and discussion of why they succeed. But there isn't as much on why they fail. And Dr. Washington has spent a fair bit of time looking at why this is. Welcome to the show, Dr. Washington. Good afternoon. You, I've read through some, some of the research you've done and the language that you're using. I don't know where you want to start exactly, but maybe we can start with the role of gender imprinting and what this means and what it has to do with women's hockey.
0: Yeah, I'll start there. There's a lot of research that really looks at uh, the difficulties of getting into a new league and the challenges of overcoming that difficulty they often call liabilities. So you're not big enough, maybe you're too big, you're not novel enough. In this specific case, we looked at uh, uh, leagues in this sense or foundings that were imprinted with a dominant archetype. Professional sports, right or wrong, good or bad, is imprinted with a male archetype in the way that child care will be imprinted with the female archetype or oil and gas male archetype. Well, then you have an additional liability if you're the opposite archetype trying to get this league off the ground. So that's what we call gender imprinting. Women's professional sport has to overcome the fact that when we think professional sport, we think male professional sport. So they start with almost a strike against them.
1: I'm seeing uh, some, some interviews that Sammy Joe Small, the general manager for the Toronto Ferries, did. And he said, we had a meeting just last week talking about what was next, the best practices moving forward for this league. And the league was right there with us. They didn't there didn't really seem to be any indication that we're going in this direction just on a business front. It sounded like this was full steam ahead. You heard some of the numbers I shared about right now, enrollment in hockey for young females is up. The numbers are higher than ever before. So is this, is this a female thing or is this a business not run well?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so this is, that's a great question. And I think the way to think about this is as soon as we say professional sport league, We're moving away from who's interested in participating in sport or who's interested in watching sport. We're thinking about who's interested in paying money so that players and coaches can get paid in a league structure. Uh, The easy answer is they ran out of money. But as soon as you look at NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, those leagues took decades to develop, not six years, 10 years, or 12 years. So the question can't be ran out of money. The question is, why do we think it would be easy to solve? And I think this is one of the big issues we found with leagues that fail, is that they're forced to conform to look like the existing professional league. And so as soon as you start a new league, people compare it to the NHL. And that's just an unfair comparison. The NHL is 100 years older than what the existing new league would be. So then that comparison, I think, is what makes it really difficult to get traction, to get off the ground.
1: Yeah, this league in its 12th season, again, the only Western team is the Calgary Inferno, based right out of Calgary. Is this something, Doctor, that we could... That we need a coordinated marketing attack to make women's sport viable. Period. Not just talking about hockey. And right now, the biggest issue is there isn't a set destination for a lot of sports. Once you reach a, a certain level, you're kind of tapped out. There, you, we're not seeing women break through the barriers into the NHL. There's mm-hmm. the WNBA. It doesn't have the the kind of mm-hmm. grasp that the NBA has.
0: Yeah. And you just you've just noticed another issue we found. And we called it a liability of identity. And so when your league is founding, what's the purpose of it? Making money is a different purpose than a place for females to play post their amateur career. Uh, that's a different purpose than a place to role model so that future generations can play in the sport. But if you confuse those purposes, you'll end up with a league structure that's not sustainable. As you described it, imagine the cost of getting one team from Calgary to only play games on the eastern or central part of the country. Well, those costs have to be borne out in ticket sales or in a reduction in player salaries. That's an unfair burden on the new and growing league. And so those liabilities are what makes it really difficult to get off the ground. You can imagine a different structure of professional league that may be successful but may not be how we think of professional league.
1: I was trying to look up quickly. I I started my broadcast career in Dawson Creek, BC, and they had a league up there where Dawson Creek, BC was the only Canadian team. They were playing in California, they were playing in Minnesota, and it ultimately folded after a year, and that Mm -hmm. was because they just couldn't keep up the cost. So we get it in in Northern communities, they try to make things work, or in kind of the obscure Southern communities of the United Mm -hmm. States what is it about the is it the way we invest in women's sport that almost the people who are making these investments don't believe in it long term because there isn't a market that currently exists or a structure that's working really really well yeah
0: and and this is uh the entrepreneur question if you think about we've all probably seen the movie the people that invented facebook they weren't thinking they'd be the next facebook but when you see so many people now, they come to you with a business plan, what's their first answer? We'll be the next Facebook. Well, maybe for your new league, you have to say, we're going to be small for 40 years. And that will look just like NFL football. Or that will look just like NBA basketball. But in 2019, it's hard to sort of have that really, really slow ascent. Because we think we have to be on TSN tomorrow. Even the WNBA, which is upwards of 20-plus years, is just barely getting to a place of sustainability, and there's a lot of pressure about why isn't it as big as the NBA. Not realizing that the NBA has 50, 60 years on the WNBA in time of developing its fan base. And again, not just a viewing fan base, but a paying fan base.
1: A final question for you. Now, knowing today that the National Women's Hockey League that's based out of the U.S. is going to now absorb the markets in Toronto and Montreal, what is the advice to them in order to see a more successful, happy ending?
0: Yeah, the first one is I'd find a long-term sponsor. And maybe the long-term sponsor is... Uh, an amateur professional, an amateur uh, women's hockey association. Or in some countries, the actual country supports it for a period of time because they recognize that in order to get uh, athletes to the Olympic level, they have to do something between when their early amateur careers are over in the next Olympics. So then who's that long-term sponsor that's going to be invested, not for one year or two years, but for 20, 30, 40 years? The second thing I would suggest is, to really figure out what's the identity of the league separate from comparing it to the men's league, because you're going to fail. As soon as you think we're going to be just as big ass, you're in trouble, because the comparison is an unfair comparison. One organization has been around forever, and it's almost supplanted in our minds compared to the new league that's just got off the ground.
1: Dr. Washington, uh, thank you for your insights and your time. Thanks for having me feel very lucky to welcome to the show Carly Campbell, who is a member of the Toronto Furies in the CWHL. Welcome to the show, Carly. Hi there. Hi. So uh, first, want to introduce uh, Chad Nation to, to you. You are an all-star in the Canadian Women's Hockey League. Uh, can you give us a little bit of, of your resume and, and your hockey career to date? Yeah, um, how far back do you want me
2: to go? Because I can go pretty far. Um, But I essentially was a graduate from Clarkson University. I graduated from my undergrad in 2010 and actually took about six years off of competitive hockey and decided to re-enter the CWHL draft once I actually got my career in order. So I've actually only been in the CWHL and played for the Eternal Furies for about three years. So this
1: this is, I just finished my third season with them. Is this uh, for those of us uh, 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 west? Right? Calgary Inferno is the the only team we have in in the western part of the league. Mm-hmm. Is this the pinnacle? Is this basically the NHL for women's hockey?
2: Yes, absolutely. So we are uh, professional a uh, group of athletic women who play hockey. Um, it is not enough for us to sustain a living as of yet, but that's what we're working towards, and that's why there's been so much drama, I guess, over the last few days or so.
1: Quite shocking. Uh, we keep reading it. It happened very quickly, a quick morning conference, then a news release that said the league is no longer financially sustainable and it would cease operations on May 1st and then this morning the release comes out that the National Women's Hockey League is planning to expand into Toronto and Montreal. So from what you understand, as this news develops quickly, are you safe? Is your team going to remain in existence but now you're going to be identifying under a new league banner?
2: It's it's really difficult to say. So I found out about this a few hours ago at this point and Um, What we've been discussing as a team and as a league, the the players, is that it's not really fair for us to make make a decision as to where we stand until our teammates um, and league members actually get back from Worlds. So I I guess I want to put a hold on that because we won't really make a decision until April
1: 15th in terms of where we stand. Where's your head at right now? It's going
2: in a million directions, I can tell you that much. from, it's been, what, 48 hours now? just over 48 hours since the league announced that it was no longer to be in existence. And all of a sudden, uh, the NHL, I've been reading on Twitter, has gotten involved with the NWHL. The NWHL is now expanding into the Canadian markets, and Toronto, Montreal seems to be the main place that they want to go. Um, and it's kind of hard to believe. It's, it's like typical media. It's kind of hard to know what to believe, what not to
1: believe. Hey, until ouch, you- I take offense to that typical media. <laughs> Excuse me. You're talking to the media. Sorry. Social. <laughs> let, let me clarify that. Social media. <laughs> okay. Social things on
2: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's a little bit difficult until you you hear things by word of mouth by people who are actually involved. So I didn't mean to make offense to you on that one. I meant social media.
1: Do you see this as a real shot at women's hockey? Uh, What message do you think this is sending to the younger generation?
2: Yeah, um, we're fighting, and we're absolutely fighting for them. Um, uh, We're not fighting for ourselves at this point. We are in terms of where we're going to play next season and potentially us being paid to play and be able to sustain a career out of it, but the bigger picture is that we're fighting for them, and we want little girls that are... Seven, eight, nine, ten 8, years old to be able to make a living by playing the sport that they love.
1: You wrote something pretty beautiful I saw on your Twitter page and I'm hoping Thank that you. you'll close out this interview. We're talking with Carly Campbell. She's an absolute all-star, truly named the all-star of the CWHL, member of the Toronto Furies. Would you take us to our newscast and read the beautiful poem that you've written?
2: Absolutely. So this was just a preface for my six-month old daughter. As on Sunday night, when the the news broke Sunday morning, I was sitting rocking her to sleep on Sunday night, and this is what I thought of, so hopefully you guys can all appreciate this. Um, Dear little girl, I went back for you to bring you into a world of strong women and to show you that anything is possible. Dear little girl, I went back for you so that you could be a part of a family that has carved the way so that you can grow up to be what you wanna be. Dear little girl, I went back for you to surround you with women who never quit or bend at the sight of pressure. Dear little girl, I went back for you so you can witness unity in times of success and in times of struggle. Dear little girl, I went back for you. Dear little girls, we will be back for you. The
0: 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.